Welcome to a special edition of the Truth of the Matters podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and I'm here with our special guest. But before we introduce and welcome her inappropriately, let's begin by recognizing and appreciating all our new and consistent listeners. We appreciate all who can, you know, consistently press play at their own convenience and also don't mind pressing play when it permits on their own time. So let's actually welcome in our guest, Christine Chadwick. How's your Friday Hello. going so far? Say what? How's your Friday going so far? Oh, it is good. I've I had a morning of errands, so it felt good to actually get some things done around here. <laughs> That's good. What would you say when you woke up this morning, three things that you were thankful for? Oh, I do this every morning. So mm-hmm. uh, today's was an amazing coaching call yesterday that I had with a client that was all of the emotions and just watching Jesus do his magic um, number two was a date with one of my twin boys last night, spur of the moment after soccer, uh, date. And number three was, Oh, I can't remember what I wrote down this morning, but I will say just, I love my relationship with my daughter. She's 16 and she's always keeping me laughing. So yeah, those are my three things this morning. Okay. There we go. So we're going to actually provide a little background information about you if you don't mind so christine chadwick she's been in podcasting industry since 2016 helping coaches authors and influencers launch and grow their podcasts while also expanding their business christine utilizes coaching tools to help bring alignment purpose and intention to their podcast and to think it all started with a friend of her who asked her to produce his podcast Christine is a host of two podcasts, Holistic Podcasting for Podcasters and Holistic Hearts, which is a podcast that helps people encounter the heart of Jesus through the art of using our imagination. We got to tap into that. Interested to know a little bit about that. Yeah. Christine has a background in psychology, personal training, transformational life coaching, and runs a small business, Bokeet style podcast management company, which is impressive, as I told her before. So mm-hmm. let me also say she's a mom, right? So am I missing something mm-hmm. here? Anything? Uh, a wife uh, to my husband, Joshua. We've been married since 2005. So, oh gosh, 17, almost 18 years. <laughs> so, yeah. Amazing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So now that we know a little bit about you, today we're going to focus a little bit about your testimony, some of the things you do, how has your relationship with God impacted the way that you live life, how, you know, you become a better wife, a mom, those sort of things, sort of provide some insight for my audience. But before we get started, at least on the Truth of the Matters podcast, we like to open up with prayer and we also like to close with prayer. So we're going to let you close with prayer if you don't mind and we'll open up with prayer. Okay. Okay. So. I, you know, usually we tell our audience to close our eyes, bow our heads, and kind of get into this thing. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you for another day. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. Let us not be remiss that you are Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the creator of all things. 
that you are the first and the last and the one who is still to come. Lord, as we enter in today's you know, discussion, Lord, I ask that you open up all eyes to see, all ears to hear, all hearts to receive, and all minds to understand the impact that you can have on us as individuals, especially in our journey. Lord, whatever Christine has to share with us today, I pray that you bless it, that you bless her, that you love through her as she shares her personal journey with you. Lord, I pray that her words motivate my audience, that it touches their hearts, that they receive her today. Lord, we are guilty by association, and because of that, we know that she's a child of yours and that your Holy Spirit is within her. And therefore, I believe that you will speak through her at times. So, Lord, I pray that we listen carefully and that we learn and that we leave with a different perspective about you and the impact that you can have on each and every one of us, that you have chosen to declare that today you will constantly speak to the believer. But more importantly, I pray that we continue to appreciate and be thankful because we have declared that we have declared lordship over our lives. And Lord, all those in agreement, say in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So I suppose the first question I can ask is, what are some of your challenges, would you say, about being a mom? Hmm. Well, that's a good, heavy question. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, being a mom, the thing that is challenging is that you are continually figuring out the story that you've lived in that needs to be healed. And I think it's such a beautiful opportunity for the Lord to sanctify us in a Christianese type word. Um, and that, that is a challenge. And I know the Lord met me in a deeper way than I had ever been met when I was at the end of my rope as a mom. Um, and just a little backstory. I was, I had two kids fairly quickly back to back. And then, um, my second born was about, oh, a year and a month old. And I found out I was pregnant with twins, which was a surprise. And so I had four kids <laughs> in four years. And I really, I mean, I grew up Christian. I grew up following Jesus. And until those twins were born and I saw how overwhelming it was and how lost and unsure of myself I was, that was like such a pivotal moment for me to really lean in to his strength, his peace, his joy, because it was so over the top of what I could do and what I thought I could do. And so to answer that question, I would say, it just is from the beginning. It is a challenge. It's it's a constant dying to yourself. It's a it's a joy. It's um, you know I always think about how people say you find out how selfish you are when you get married, but I beg to differ. I think you find out how selfish you are <laughs> when you have children, because it just takes it to a whole nother level. And I have been given the honor to walk 
a road that has been um, a challenge for me um, and my husband as well. Uh, we have a higher needs kiddo. He's had a, a sickness that has messed with mental health since he was about three. And just this year, he's 14. So um, it's been a long journey of walking a, a road of healing and challenge and how do you parent and how do you parent a kid with different needs and you can't rely on parenting books to tell you how to parent. And um, so that is the long answer to what is the challenge in motherhood. It is that. It is coming to the end of yourself. It's the opportunity to heal um, places in yourself where that doesn't work anymore. And you've got to lean in on him to like on him as, as in Holy spirit to guide you and, um, and to walk it out. So it's a gift and, uh, it's hard and it's good and it's lovely. And to see the fruit of all the, the challenge is something that I can't describe. So, yeah. Okay. So what would you say, when you, before you became a mom, were you afraid? Were you fearful? What would you say Christ or God had to do with you, at least from a mental standpoint, before you took on, you know, the responsibility of being a mom? I really was excited about being a mom. I couldn't wait. So um, I got married pretty young. I mean, I was 23. My husband was barely 21. and. Uh, we got pregnant pretty soon after we were married and we were just excited to just get life going. And we, we really enjoyed children. I think the reality check came in when I actually had my child in my arms and was like, wait a minute, you're entrusting me with this, this tiny little thing like forever. <laughs> Cause that feels big. And it sounded like a great idea, but then, you know, then you get to the real hard, like sleepless nights and, um, changing diapers all the time and nursing and all of those things. And the reality of, of motherhood starts to set in of, Oh wow, I'm responsible for this human being. And so I think that's when the fear kicked in of, yeah. Oh, that's a huge responsibility. Yeah. So, at least what what gravitated you to want to study psychology? What was it about that, you know, you thought would play a role in what you do now with the coaching and some of the things we'll get into? What was it about it, at least to you? I have always been interested in psychology. My mom was, uh, when I was in middle school, she went to grad school to be a counselor. And so there were many nights that I remember well from middle school on that she really instilled that love of hearing the heart of people. So my house, our kitchen table was a place of comfortability for my friends to come because my mom was so good at holding space for people's emotions and teenage emotions. And Sometimes my friends would come over when I wasn't even there to go have a conversation with my mom. And so I just found that so endearing and fascinating. And I think I always had a natural bend toward 
understanding why people do the things that they do. And so as I I went to college, I just thought, well, that's what I want to do. I want to be like my mom and I want to learn why people are the way that they are. And, um, and, and really on a selfish note, I really wanted to understand myself. So, (laughs) um, and I, I just ate up all of those classes of, um, just human psychology and child development. And I mean, anything having to do with our, our makeup was just so fascinating to me. Okay. So speak about, about a little bit about your college experience. I didn't ask you, where were you originally born and, you know, what college did you attend? Um, so I went to, well, I grew up in Georgia. Um, you know, go Bulldogs right here. Oh, <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah. So at 18, I went to Florida. I got, um, accepted into Flagler College. Um, It is a tiny little liberal arts school right on the beach in St. Augustine, Florida, and had so much fun there surfing and going to school. And it just was so much fun. And then uh, I have three older brothers and all of them came to Colorado at some point in their college exploration. And one of them invited me out here to uh, experience Colorado. And I had not really been out here. And so I stayed for the summer with my brother here in Colorado and I never left. So that was, um, gosh, 20 years ago. And so, yep, I am a Georgia girl that has turned into a Coloradan and (laughs) my husband is from Colorado and, um, we both ended up coming to the same college here in Colorado, which is university of Colorado, Mm -hmm. Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. So you're looking forward to Deion Sanders, huh? Right? Yes, that's right. right. right? I know. We (laughs) just keep joking that he needs to come to the Broncos instead of (laughs) University of Colorado. You got Sean Payton too, right? So that's true. That is that is exciting news. Yes, that's true. I know once Peyton Manning left, and you you got Russell Wilson. You know, you know things have been on the. You got you know Patrick. By the way, who you who who you got for the Super Bowl this 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 week? Oh, see, I, this is weird. I am a Kansas City Chiefs fan, which is really funny Mm -hmm. because I have nothing to do with Kansas City. And Mm -hmm. I just, when Mahomes started with the Chiefs, I was like, there's something about that kid that feels like he is my son. (laughs) So I literally have been praying for that, that kid for years. And so, yeah, I am, I'm excited that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl again. Yeah, you got a lot of things going on that's that's positive, you know. As a jet <laughs> fan, as a jet fan man, you know, going up and they went right back down. They, they yep, up and then they destroyed my 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 feelings. It, it's, it's oh, been tough. yeah, it's been tough. So let's talk a little bit about how did your faith play a role in college? Like, what were some of the things? Were you around believers? Where was there any churches or campuses? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So what originally took me to college was a boyfriend who was going to that same place. And my mom was adamant that I get plugged into some Christian group. And I remember having some pushback. And then I was like, you know what? I really do need friends outside of this this guy. And I am so thankful I did get plugged in. I got plugged into InterVarsity. And, um, and I also took a class with the Young Life 
leader um, who was doing more of like a, I don't even remember what the class was, but it was all about how to listen well. And um, just really got connected with all of those people in there. And we did life together on and off campus. And yeah, so faith was a big deal because, of course, me and that that guy, we broke up soon after we started college. And um, and then it really took my faith to a whole nother level because on a on a real fleshly level, I am a homebody. I mean, if when people heard that I was going to a different state for college, they were like, what? <laughs> You're the girl that hates camp, hates going anywhere for a sleepover. And I, I did it. And um, so it really turned to, I had a lot of anxiety being away from home. And it really began to anchor in my faith in him being my peace and he used friends and he used a lot of time alone like walking the having the opportunity to walk on the beach and just imagine talking to Jesus was such a gift especially as i'm you know a 18 year old trying to figure out what does my faith look like and so um yeah so it was a huge anchor for me during college hmm. So I, I know you mentioned in personal training, how did that play a role? Like what, when did you get started doing personal training? And I guess I have to ask to compare, which one is tough? Would you say, you know, the meal prep aspect or leg day, right? Cause those are two <laughs> things people don't like. So what would you say, what would you say was something you had to get better at or that you struggled with and along you got, you improved? Yeah. Well, I had always had a joy for movement. Um, and so after I got my psych degree, I was like, well, I would much rather do what I really love, which is working out and, and helping other people work out. So, uh, yeah, so I ended up working for the Y and I taught a lot of group classes like boot camp classes and, um, I would do a lot of personal training and, you know, I learned that you can try to motivate people all day long, but they are in charge of their own decisions. Yeah. And so it can be a job or a career where you are constantly trying to motivate people and you can give them uh, reasons why all day long it's important to have a good meal plan and to do leg day and all of those things. Um, but until they are intrinsically motivated, it's really like you're pushing, you know, you're going against the wind basically. And, but, you know, during those years of training, one of the things that I loved more than anything was when my clients would open up about what was going on in their world. So we would be working out and, you know, I'm watching their forum and all that stuff. And then they would start sharing about what's going on in their marriage or some issues going on with their kids. And I would love to just listen and just ask questions. And that really fed into my love of knowing like how people work and, and the inside, like the inside places of their heart. 
And that still plays into what I do today, which is coaching and learning how to ask good questions. And I can try to motivate you all day to do a podcast and have a podcast content plan and all of those things. But until you are intrinsically motivated and you see the whole picture of why it's important, it's like it's all the same aspects in different genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything you're saying is amazing because they all sort of so there's a scripture where it says that all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And there's a quote that I like to mention a lot with Aristotle where he says, Your you know, your gifts, talents and you know, your gifts, talents and abilities are at the intersection and where those are lies your purpose. And I can hear how everything you've done, whether it was surfing was his activeness whether it was going to school and wanting to learn and how, you know, psychology was rooted in some of the things your mom did, right? Whether it was being able to connect with people and talk to them on a much more deeper and fascinating level while exercising, right? Whether it was changing locations, it always seemed as if not only were you adaptable, but you were able to find a place where you made connections with people and you grew in stature and the very things that made you who you are and how they all play a role, which is all great and amazing things, right? So let me, let's talk a little bit about the, the coaching that you do. What motivated you to want to start the podcasting? It's, let's, let's actually talk the first podcast that a friend of yours asked you to produce. Talk a little bit about that. And what were your, what was your psychological mindset then? And <laughs> yeah, let's kind of talk, tap into a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, I love this story because it really is. God consistently has nudged me in in places, like you said, like going to Florida for the first time for college and then taking me to Colorado. And so in this instance, I was going to go back to school. I had my four kids. Um, They were just now starting to get into school. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I can do what I originally wanted to do, which was get my degree in counseling. And so I um, enrolled back into school for grad school. And the week before, uh, just felt this nudge of, nope, we need to close that door. And so I ended up calling and unenrolling from the program, not really knowing why. And a couple days later, a good friend of mine called me and said, Kristen, we we want to start a podcast. Uh, we want to grow it from grassroots, and we want to get it to the top twenty-five. This was in two thousand sixteen, and I was like, "What? Wait, what?" <laughs> he was like, "We want you to be our producer," and I was like, "What are you talking about? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I I think I have podcasts on my iPod, but I don't even know what you're talking about." And he was like, oh, Kristen, it's already in you. You already do so much of what a podcast producer is called. Like, that's your job description. And so he really did was he just threw me in the deep end and was like, I trust you. You're going to figure it out. And I did. I, I, um, so his name is Ryan Dobson. So Dr. Dobson's son. And so he, Dr. Dobson is, um, a part of family talk and, radio. So Ryan, his son basically said, why don't you come in a couple of times into the studio and watch 
their producer do stuff. And that was about it. I had a, a couple of little moments of like, okay, so this is how I prepare for the show and da, 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 da. And so then that's what I did. So I, I went with it. I contacted all these publishers, um, started making connections, networking, scheduling people to come on the show, um, creating a vision for what their show was going to be. And it's called Rebel Parenting. It's still out there. Um, and we did, we hit top 25 within the year and, um, it just, it sparked something so deep within me of like, oh yeah, this is what I love to do. I love connecting people and I love sharing good things and I love helping marriages and parenting because that's the root of what it was, um, or what the podcast is about. And so, yeah, so that's, that was the beginning of that Mm -hmm. shift again of, you know, God just really saying, Oh, let's go this way. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's been a fun adventure. So it's been since 2016. So seven years now of being in the podcast industry. Mm -hmm. Would you, when you reflect and you think back, were there any memorable moments where things went extremely well and you were proud of certain episodes or were there some episodes you weren't so proud of? And the reason why I asked you that question is I was, you know, not too long ago having a conversation about process and talking about how do you measure process? How do you remember? How do you measure change? And one of the things I brought up is crisis, that mm-hmm. through crisis is where you find the, the things that you need to improve on. So as you reflect where there's some things that you felt that didn't go as well, but it made you a better overall producer in the process. Yeah. I would say, you know, well, specifically when I worked with Ryan and Laura, there were moments that went extremely well that were really hard to talk about. So we talked about at that time, nobody was talking about porn addiction and nobody was talking about addiction in marriages and nobody was talking about like just these big things that were white elephants in the Christian world of like, nobody talks about this. So I remember being nervous when we went live with some shows that were very edgy and very disruptive. And my personality is I, I am a peaceful, like, let's not disturb the peace. (laughs) And that pushed me so much into like, we have to talk about the uncomfortable things. And not only did that affect my world as a producer, but it also affected my marriage. It affected my children. It affected the way that I interact with my kids. Um, and yeah, just that whole experience, we walked through some stuff between Ryan and Laura and I, we, we had some battles that, that individually we all were walking on, but we were always together. So we had to figure it out together. And there were hard conversations in there and really amazing conversations and tears with each other of like, we're in this as brothers and sisters and this is a big fight. (laughs) And so I think from that standpoint, and especially in that era, when I was working with Rebel Parenting, it was such a learning curve 
of beautiful things that needed to come out specifically in the Christian marriage world. And so it was good and it was really hard. Like there was a lot of spiritual battle that, that happened and they are still one of my closest friends and, um, still ask, we still ask each other those hard questions of like, how's your marriage? Mm -hmm. How are you really doing (laughs) all of those things? So, so yeah, I think I, especially today, as I work with many different clients, the impact of, of that relationship that I have with Ryan and Laura, it really has influenced me now to learn and grow and challenge some people um, who may be timid in speaking about something or using their voice. And that's one of my biggest passions is, is telling people that their voice matters. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting enough, I, I remember having conversations with people all the time where I would say, you know, I love confrontation and I know how that may sound, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say I love confrontation because confrontation usually leads to a solution. That's what it usually leads to. And mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that we have to do, or one of the biggest things we we learn in relationship with Christ is that we're held accountable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like relationships where you're not ho- you're not held accountable, they're problematic because without the accountability element, then that relationship can improve. And mm-hmm. one of the most important things that we have in Christ is that he holds us accountable. And one of the things it says is that, you know, that we should strive to be holy as he's holy. And if our life isn't reflected of that, then what happens is that we have to question the, the legitimacy of whether or not we're truly committed to giving us our all to Christ. Mm. So there is never a point in time where you encounter Christ that shall ever be the same because he, he requires you to step it up, to improve, mm-hmm. to be better than you were, to approach things with a perspective where you can't remain stagnant. You have to continuously forever remain in some sort of constant movement in his direction, right? And it's interesting how your relationship with Christ can really dictate your approach and your relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. And from what you're saying, just being able to be there and have those battle scars that you went through and being able to talk things out and being able to support and encourage one another is always a, you know, always an element of necessity when you're trying to tackle things that is a big, tall task. And I always think about that with my friends. I think about that with people that I meet that don't always look at the confrontation element as a negative thing. Look at it also as a as an accountability thing, because if no one's holding you accountable, how do you know you're moving in the right direction to be better? Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to speak a little bit about that in regards to, you know, your desires that you were pursuing. How has your husband been so supportive and what are some of the things that he supported you and how have you supported him? and all his dreams and aspirations, because, you know, those things are needed, right? For the relationship Mm -hmm. and also for knowing that your partner has your back in those moments where at other times some partners are abandoned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question, man. Well, I would say really when, when I started working at Rebel Parenting, we realized we we had 
our our marriages were a priority because that was the root of rebel parenting. And so we wanted to be in alignment with what we were saying on the radio. So between accountability, between Laura and I, and, and how we were as wives, um, I felt from, from that moment of, of this has to be, we have to support one another because, <laughs> um, like I said, the spiritual battle was real and it wasn't like between us or like between Laura and Ryan and, and us, it was like us versus Goliath, like this huge thing of specifically marriages and porn. And so like that was like, we have to be real with one another. And so with that, it just brought a whole nother level of trusting each other, supporting one another and being vulnerable between us as husband and wife and trusting that we both are on the path that we think that God wants us on. And so from, from then to even now, my husband has been my number one supporter and the, the times that I have seen it the most was I think once I started working with rebel parenting and then, um, into, in 2020, I felt like it was my time to leave rebel parenting. And that was really scary because there was nothing wrong and there was, it was my baby (laughs) and it felt hard, but I felt like the Lord was saying, it's time that you do your own podcast and you help some other people. And I remember vividly sitting in my car. I just wrote a post about this a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting in my car at lunch with my husband. He was on a lunch break and we were sitting in my car right after we were done eating. And I was telling him dreams that I had, like big audacious dreams that I was afraid to speak out loud. (laughs) And he just looked at me and was like, yes, absolutely. Like, I totally 100% support you. And I was like, but it's crazy, right? (laughs) And he was like, no, I totally believe in you. And at the same time, he was building his business and as a financial advisor. And so we both were in this space of growth. And do you believe what I'm seeing in my vision? And do you believe what I'm seeing in my vision? And how can we both support each other? So yeah, it's been a back and forth. And yes, we have our, our great days and our, our hard, hard days. Um, but I, I truly am blessed to have a husband that has been 100% backing me up in what I've envisioned. And um, yeah, he's, he's just great. It's usually me that I'm like, I didn't express that I needed this. And I get grumpy about like, well, if I didn't have to go do this, then da, da, da. And he's like, well, did you ask me? <laughs> and that's usually where we're like, oh, yeah, I did not communicate that I needed help. And he's, yeah, such a kind soul that he loves doing all those kind of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I asked. How did you end up meeting him? So... Um, yeah, so I was in Colorado at school and my brother was here. My brother plays the banjo and he was playing a little coffee shop 
house and with another uh, musician and the act before them was my husband's good friends. So we saw each other at this coffee shop and my sister-in-law was like, um, this guy keeps looking at you and you keep looking at him. You guys just need to go talk to each other. And so she kind of, uh, set up a little conversation to where my husband and I started talking and then that was it. I mean, we literally did not stop hanging out (laughs) for, but that was it until we got married. So yeah, we, we met at a coffee shop basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how, how has your, your relationship with him and and, in your faith, like how, how have they been the perfect match? Mm. How has it grown from when you got, you, you met him until now? That's a great question too. So yeah. So this is part of our story is that I really wanted a solid Christian guy with an awesome family. And he is in an awesome family. I love my in-laws. I really could not have asked for a cooler family. And um, so huge answer to prayer. And I was like, please, Lord, let me marry this guy. Because <laughs> he's like everything that I would want. And um, so we got married. And then about a month in, he was like, I just so you know, I don't really know if I believe what we believe. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And like, we did like Bible study together before we got married. And so that threw me through a loop of like, wait a minute, what are you saying? And um, it was much more dramatic than that. I definitely had my moments of like freak out and, um, you know, felt betrayed and like, what, what are you talking about? And this is not who I wanted to marry. And he went on a long journey for about five years of meeting with pastors and um, questioning and, I mean, digging so deeply, like logically and analytically into the word and like, you need to prove it to me. And so, um, you know, (laughs) in that season, I really had to learn to let go and trust that God knew what he was doing. And that he had my husband's heart and that what I could do was just pray and just keep following Jesus for myself. Like I couldn't rely on his faith to spur my faith on. And so um, I really had to shift my focus to really have Jesus as my husband. And in that, he really met my husband, Joshua. His name is, he was Josh. And then he had this weekend with Jesus where I I literally kicked him out of the house and was like, you need to get out of the house because you're, you're like over the top and you just need a break or something. So he found a place that was like a fasting donations based place. We had like zero money and this place opened up. It had one cabin left. He was able to go and he had the craziest God encounter with him that weekend. Came back a totally different person and it started to like reignite his faith. And then another season, the next fall, he went to a retreat where God basically was like, you are not Josh, you are Joshua. 
and um, had another amazing encounter with him, with God, and came back and was like, this is who I am. This is my identity. And so it was just such a cool shift and so worth the years of him questioning. And now, like, you know, 17 years in, in our marriage, I love walking into a room with him where there are people that are really struggling with their faith because I know he has so much depth and just wholehearted, like, I see you exactly where you're at and it's okay. And to be able to hold space for people that might be questioning and to trust that God's got them, it's just such a gift to be able to be in that place. What would you say are some of the most enjoyable things that you do with him now that is breathtaking? Mm, breathtaking. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. We're like in full-on sports season with all of our kids. So um, I would say it would be the little things, like watching him interact with our sons playing basketball. Like I, basketball is one of his passions. And he loves coaching my son's team. So like watching him across the court, talking to my sons or the players on the bench or whatever, or, you know, coaching the, the, the kids out on the court. Um, that is a breathtaking moment. I would say of like, Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> um, yeah. That and we took a big road trip this summer where um, we drove from Colorado to Florida. And in the midst of that, we did a 75 hard challenge. Have you ever heard of that? No. <laughs> so it's intense. It's so for 75 days, you do a list of five things. So you work out 45 minutes um, in the morning and then another 45 minutes in the afternoon, but it has to be outside. Um, and then drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages of a nonfiction book, take a progress photo every day, follow a nutrition plan that fits your goals. And I feel like there's one more that I'm missing. I don't know. But we decided to do this challenge on Father's Day, started it, and you can't skip a day or skip any of those things or else you have to start over at day one. And we were like, okay, well, if we do this thing, it's fallen right into the middle of our road trip. So are we really going to do that? <laughs> and we totally did it. Wow. And that, to me, like making sure that even in driving across the country, we had 45 minutes of a workout in the morning and the, in the evening together was just so special because like, who does that? I mean, so we had like real solid time to talk. And once we got to the beach and it was, I had my whole family there and it was such special time to get away from the 20 something people and just connect with each other heart to heart of like, what's going on? How are you doing? How's the challenge going? Um, Oh, I remembered the other one. <clears throat> no alcohol, which was hard because uh, my family likes to drink at the beach. And so that was one thing that we would check in on each other of like, how are you doing? I know that's difficult when you're like, I just want to drink a 
margarita with my family. <laughs> but yeah, I think those those little things of we're doing something together and even just watching him be a, an amazing dad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're the personal trainer. How responsive is he when it comes to working out? Does he, does he follow <laughs> your, your lead or? Yes, he's usually so... Um, I mean, like I, I used to like form workouts and stuff for him, but I know he's, he's on his own thing. He loves basketball. So he usually goes to play basketball, you know, three or four times in the morning every week. And so that's fine with me. You could totally do that. But like, for instance, like right now we've been talking about, um, I love weight training and he has been talking about doing weights again and not just doing basketball. And so like the other day I was giving him a hard time because I was like, well, if you lifted weights, then, <laughs> and he just laughs it off. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What's your favorite food to cook? Oh, yeah. favorite food to cook. Well, my kid's favorite is when I make nachos, which they call them mama's nachos. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of been like the family thing. Like, mom, are you going to make your mama's nachos? Um, which is very specific way that you make nachos. <laughs> so I do enjoy that because it is like a labor of love because I spread the refried beans on every chip and like mm-hmm. sprinkle just the right amount of cheese. And um, so that would be one. And I would say my other favorite is so. I and my daughter, we both have celiac, so we can't have gluten. Mm -hmm. So I would say one of my most favorite things is cooking a gluten-free dessert that Mm -hmm. we can both eat. Wow. Okay. Cool. And and what does he like? Your husband, that that he loves so much that you make him. Mm. Man, he likes everything. Everything? He's he's so easy (laughs) in that department. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about your two podcasts. What got you started with the, let's talk about a little bit about the, you know, seeing Christianity through an imagination way. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So Holistic Hearts, that's my original podcast in 2020 that started. And it basically is my, I am a big box checker. And so I really surrendered my heart when I experienced what I call an encounter. And so using your imagination, this is what an encounter is, is picturing Jesus in certain scenarios, whether it's taking a story out of the Bible and placing yourself in the story and really imagining what all is going on and how would Jesus talk to you, or It could be as easy as picturing your favorite place. And so like the beach, like picturing the beach and then picturing Jesus sitting right next to you. Uh What would he say to you? And so for me, my own faith journey, when I hit that rock bottom as a mom of four young kids, the thing that turned me around to help me feel his peace and to trust my, um, that he really was there. And he really was calling me to raise these four kids and all of those things was a shift because 
I started to see him in my imagination and hearing his voice in my heart instead of following all the rules that I was told, like, you must have a quiet time. You must read your Bible every day. All of those things are great. Absolutely. But in my, in my personality, it was a check. Like, yep, I read my Bible. Yep. I am in a uh, serving on the ministry team. Yes. I'm, you know, doing all the right things. And yet my heart was disconnected. So he used my imagination to really get into my heart and to really see him and to hear his voice within me. So not doing away with all of those things, I still read the Bible most every day, um, praying all the time, (laughs) worship, all of those things are great. And to know him personally within my heart through the power of imagination has been such a game changer. So that's what that podcast is all about is um, a lot of um, examples of that. Um, All of last year was actually every episode was an encounter. So it's painting a broad enough picture to help people engage Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Father in a way that helps them to see, hear, know him in a new way. Wow. So the holistic podcast that you do with to help podcasters out, are there any that you can think of that you've had a joy of being able to help them and any podcast of those that you remember that you've seen grown in such a great fashion since you've been able to coach them up and encourage them and motivate them? Yes, all of them. <laughs> all of them. You have a specific one you wanna you wanna reach out and say, oh, Hey, goodness. I really enjoy you know, such and such podcast. I, oh, I really, I love all of my podcasters. Um, goodness. I would say one in particular, one of my longest ones, um, is when God breaks through with Bethany Kimsey and she is a mom of eight and she really talks about the gospel intersecting with motherhood and, Watching her go from, I don't know why the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to start a podcast to now she is literally being asked to speak at conferences to mothers and to be a voice of women's ministry. And mm-hmm. that, that just blows my mind. Um, like, and right now I'm leading these nine women through the podcast launch experience to get their podcast out. And seriously, it is blowing my mind how God is stirring up these women to use their voice. And it is such an honor to sit and watch like them go from, I'm not quite sure I want, what I want to talk about to like, like super clarity and um, to hear I wish I could share some of them, but I can't <laughs> the, just to hear some of their ideas and um, how they're going to impact people. Ugh, it's just my favorite. So, <laughs> so what do you, what do you enjoy? What, what are, what, what can you say, you know, going through this process has made you better at in terms of being a mom and in terms of being a coach? Is there anything that you could say has improved since you started this process? 
yeah, I think one of the biggest things was when I went through coaching certification was learning to ask questions and not just try to fix it right away. And that is huge with teenagers. Um, And I think that's why God has really gifted and blessed me with a sweet relationship with my 16-year-old daughter. Um, I don't resonate with people who say, ugh, the teenage years. And I, I mean, the grace of God in that relationship, I swear it's from me learning to just shut my mouth <laughs> and just listen. And they don't need another lecture. They just need somebody to listen and ask good questions so that they can start to understand their own heart. And that's that's what I do with podcast coaching. And they know the answer within them of what's their message. They know how best um, to grow their podcast and for them for their specific situation. And so putting myself in the coaching position is trusting that they know the answer. It's just trying to pull it out of them of what's going to work best for you to Mm -hmm. walk this out, to grow your audience, to make a bigger impact. And the same, it goes vice versa with my daughter and now my 14 year old is that they're learning to hear their own voice. They're learning what's truth and what's not. And so to be able to be that safe space of, all right, let's unpack that. Well, why do you think that? What do you think that is? And whether we're talking about faith or school life or whatever. Mm -hmm. And why do you think when it comes to time and, and even starting a podcast, people are so hesitant to do so when they look at the landscape? What can you say that can encourage any women out there that want to start a podcast and they're afraid to, or they think that they're so preoccupied with life and taking care of their kids. What could you tell them that might change their mind? I think more than anything, the, the thing that prevents women from starting is why, who, who would listen to me? There's already a podcast about that. And that's probably the number one thing that I hear is, is that, and here's the thing is nobody's going to say it the way that you're going to say it. You have your own experience. You have your own voice. You have your own personality of how you coach somebody in that or how you present yourself or your material in that way. And so that specific statement or false belief is probably the number one is that it's oversaturated and who am I? And, and like I said, everybody, uh, yeah, (laughs) everybody needs to share their story. And, and yes, this is a chance to amplify that message and to use your voice to change the world and bring light and hope. And so I really think if you have a little whisper within you, that's like, yeah, you need to start a podcast. You need to share this. Then Let's dig into that. Let's talk about how you can make it work in the midst of motherhood. And it's absolutely possible. Mm -hmm. So any books in the Bible you enjoy, any verses you want to share that has helped you along in your journey in motherhood and podcasting and as being a wife and as being a person? 
Yeah, one of my all-time favorites has been, a long time has been Isaiah 60, Arise and Shine for Your Light has come. And that is a constant theme, especially in the podcasting space, because I think that in my own world, knowing that I do have a light to shine and that anybody that I work with has their light to shine and being able to awaken that in people is a gift because I have watched it happen in my own world and I have shied away from shining that light in the past and to be able to get given that opportunity is a gift and to now say let's go to other women is is pretty awesome so Isaiah 60 is 60 verse 1 is one of my favorites I like Matthew 5, I think it's verse 17 to 18. Let your light shine before others so that they may glorify your Father yes. in heaven. So yes. Works together. And what would you say, any any books that you're reading now currently that you want to share? Yeah. Mm, I, I'm reading so many good books right now. Um, so there's one that's from Brazil that was given to me called The 25 Biblical Laws of Success. And that one is mind blowing. <laughs> so um, I have been camping out in spiritual laws, um, thanks to Miles Monroe, for a good month and a half, and it's just blowing my mind. So that is one. Let's see. Um, my husband and I are reading "Get Out of Your Own Head" by Jenny Allen, which is really good. Um, and the third one I'm reading is an oldie is uh, lies women believe, which is kind of walking through some common lies that um, women tend to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm reading right now the secrets of the business secrets of the Bible by Daniel Latham. Oh, okay. Yeah. So any, any, before we go, what about music? Any mm-hmm. gospel songs that you enjoy you worship that, you know, brings a light, down your path mentally as you wake up, as you're going throughout your day, you're taking your kids to school, any of those things? Mm, we love music around here. So, mm. um, gosh, I, I love everything from Wanda, Wande, like W-A-N-D-E. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. I love listening to her while I'm working out. Um, and then, <coughs> excuse me, um, my all-time classic go back to is Will Reagan. Um, just such a pure worshiper at heart. And so whenever I really need to like hone it back in, I, I usually put on United Pursuit or Will Reagan. Amazing. So where can people find your podcast and what would you like to share in regards to if anyone's looking to start a podcast, they're looking to get in contact with you, you have the floor. You can put them all out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, if you want to hear more of like the ministry side of things, then head to Holistic Hearts with a W. Um, and you can find that on any podcast platform. If you are looking for more podcast coaching, whether you're about to start a podcast or you have launched a podcast and you want to grow and hear about all things podcasting, then head to Holistic Podcasting, Podcast Coaching for Female Entrepreneurs. and you can always find me on Instagram. That's my favorite place to work at work out. <laughs> That's funny. That's my favorite place to hang out. Um, and that is at Kristen Fields Chadwick. Okay. Sounds good. 
So nothing else you want to add or anything else you want to say before we ask you to close out in prayer for us? No, I I just appreciate being able to be on here. And yeah, Jonathan, you're you're so um you're such a light. You are such a light in this space and to the world. So I appreciate what you do. I enjoy your podcast so much. I've really had such a great time listening to so many different ones. And yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. And I've enjoyed your podcast as well. So yeah, I really appreciate it. If, you know, a lot of you will go check that out. And if you're looking to get into podcasting, she's the one. She's really good at what she does. And I'm testifying that she is. So this is at the point in which we're going to pray out. And we're going to thank you guys so much for listening. So go ahead. Yep. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here, to have ear space (laughs) for each and every listener. Lord, I pray that you would go before everyone listening, that you would light up their path. You would bless their feet where they walk, bless their hands as they go out into this world and shine your name and We thank you for podcasting and the opportunity to share how good you are and to glorify you. And I just pray a blessing over Jonathan and his podcast and his brother and just continue to just speak through them, bring peace and bring your truth into this world through them. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.